Well, hi, and thanks for joining us again. This is Kirk with Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. I'm glad that you are here with us yet again. And again, I want to encourage you, please like, share, and subscribe. And I think we have good content here to say, what does it look like when pastors are are built up and their positive mental health is encouraged by their church members? And once again, as you see, we have a guest and a good friend of mine. We served in ministry together from 2007 to 2013. You left in 13 too, didn't you? Um, and um, just uh, shared some some great times together and some not so great times together. But that's part of working together in a in any ministry and a large ministry. Um, but a dear friend, and so I'll let him talk about himself because that's what we all like to do anyway. So um, here is Pastor Steve Kearns, a good friend of mine. So welcome, Steve. Uh, Thanks for inviting me. It's a, it's great to have this opportunity to spend time with you and talk about the ministry and all the good things God is doing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting um, being in ministry with you and, and going through some of the things that um, we've shared and whatnot. Um, I would say it's kind of shocking that either of us are still in ministry at all, but that's just a, that's a different podcast. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it is Satan's plan to, to, to kill, steal and destroy. Right. And so any way he can keep people from, uh, uh, you know, continuing on with what God has called them to do, then he becomes the victor and, and we become the victim and thank, thank God that's the other way around. Right. We're the victor and, he is definitely going to be the victim. That's all we need. So podcast over. No, I'm just kidding. But that's that's good stuff. So um, before we even get into the current church that you're serving and where you're at, I, it's always fun for me to find the stories of how uh, pastors got led into ministry. And so just kind of tell your story. What led you to be in the ministry? Well, I I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home from the time I was uh, five years old. Uh, and my parents, we lived in California at the time. My parents moved uh, when I was five to Kansas City, Missouri, where my dad attended a non-accredited Bible school. Uh, just because as he had become a Christian, uh, he just wanted to know more about the Bible. And uh, he wanted to grow in his faith. And um, at three years into that, he had graduated and, and we came to New Mexico to visit family. And... Uh, while we were here, there was an, a, a, a very loosely affiliate church with the Bible school. And we went to that church on Sunday morning. The pastor says, hey, I, I want to move to Arizona. Would you consider coming, taking over my church? And my dad says, well, you know, I have a very successful business in Kansas City. And, and you know, I don't know. I'll pray about it. Well, he went home and we went home and he put his business for sale. It sold right away. We moved to New Mexico. A few months later, I was eight years old. And. Uh, and he started in in the ministry as a pastor. And uh, I grew up, you know, through all of that. Um, I committed my life to Christ at a young age. And, and I tell everybody all the time, uh, you know, I, 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 I prayed to receive Christ when I was eight years old, but I became a Christian when I was 28 years old, <laughs> right? Um, and that's when I really decided I was going to follow Christ with all all that I had. Uh, in the meantime, with that though, I, I did after after uh, high school. I went to Kansas City and went to that same uh, Bible school, and and then came back and helped my dad in the church. He had moved at that time to Las Lunas, New Mexico, uh, in the in where we are 
currently today. And in 1977, he founded this church and I moved back here in 1979. And uh, my goal then was to be an architect and builder. And so I designed the church and we built it. Um, and, um, and then just being there, you know, serving alongside, uh, you know, I kind of worked into, I started teaching the adult Bible school, a uh, Bible uh, Sunday school class, excuse me. And I just really enjoyed that. And I, uh, God had put it in my heart just to take a book and just go verse by verse, line upon line. And that's what we did Sunday after Sunday. And, um, uh, after uh, my wife and I got married, we moved to California and, uh, you know, spent some time just away so we could establish our marriage. But we were always in church. Uh, we attended uh, good faith-based uh, Bible teaching churches and just continued to grow in our faith. And, uh, you know, that's when I say I really, really became a Christian, right? Really digging into God's word, living it, uh, not just reading it, but just living it then and and going uh, forward and then uh in, and in all those experience there in, in those church i taught some home bible studies uh and just had a great love for teaching god's word and um when we moved back to albuquerque uh, area las lunas in 1997 uh you know god led me to the, the same church that you and i served in and uh for uh for many years and uh, when that came to an end, I, I went back into the corporate world for some personal reasons and and things going on in our family. But then, uh, you know, about four years ago, the pastor that was had taken over this church uh, had some personal problems and decided to leave abruptly. And uh, I had been doing the books for the church. They called me and said, hey, can you help? And I came and I'm still helping <laughs> four years later. <laughs> and so um, this is my first official senior pastor role, if you want to call it that. Um, and so, uh, but it's, it's, it's been good. It's been challenging. And uh, that's how I got into ministry today. But I've always felt a call from the Lord to, to teach, mm -hmm. teach God's word. Well, and you are very good at that. You're very methodical. It's very easy to follow and no stone left unturned. So uh, so what's the name of your church and can you be seen online? Yes, our, our church is Christian Fellowship of Las Lunas. Um, we uh, we have an app. It's uh, it's called uh, CFLL. So Christian Fellowship Las Lunas. Um, and and uh, we can be seen online live during any of our services sunday morning and wednesday night or you can catch them on uh, on the app or out from our website uh christianfellowshiplaslunas.org that's christianfellowshiplaslunas.org is our website and so uh, and you can go to the app store and download our our app if you want to we have it's called the daily drive uh, and so uh, we, the church is on old route 66, just a few blocks away. And so, um, and there's 66 books of the Bible. And so that's how we, uh, kind of have the face of our app. So when you look it up, that if you find an app that has 66 right on the front, that's our app. And, uh, we, we publish, uh, a study guide every week from the Sunday morning service. So those that want to go deeper can, uh, can get an overview and then have some challenging questions 
And uh, then occasionally during the week, we do what's called the daily drive, just a one minute. Uh, it, it airs about six o'clock or it's available about six o'clock. So on your drive home, you can just listen to a little excerpt from the previous Sunday's message and talk about it on your drive home. Nice. So what's some other things that uh, maybe you can tell us about the church? So the church is, uh, again, it was founded in 1977. It's, uh, we're a non-denominational church. Um, it's a small church, um, you know, COVID. So I took over right when COVID started. And so not only with the loss of the current pastor and then COVID, we, we lost uh, quite a few people. Um, and it took a while for many to come back. Some never did. Um, and so we're a fairly small church, maybe, you know, 40, 50 people, uh, regularly attending on Sundays. Uh, I say with everybody that calls us home, uh, showed up, we'd probably be about 75 people. Right. And so, um, and, and we have mostly, um, middle age and above um a, a lot of, of seniors as well a, a few small families but our mo the majority of our congregation is older great so how do you rely on church members of your church well i uh, rely on them for several things we have we actually have quite a few um that serve um and and it takes in any church it takes it takes everybody doing their part, right? Um, it, it, it's like, you know, in the, in the Word of God, it talks about the body of Christ. It takes every member doing their part. And uh, when I stepped in here uh, right before COVID, um, and, you know, of course, the government wanted us to shut our churches down and everything. And we said, well, we told the people, this is look, we're going to be here every service to produce a service, and we're not going to tell you you can't come. <laughs> so, uh, but even just to, to make one of our services happen in between the worship team, the sound, a video, all of those things, we were we would have, you know, 15 to 18 people here, uh, which which violated their their orders. Uh, but uh, I, I'm blessed that with such a small church, there were so many people, you know, taking an active role in, you know, whether it's in, in worship or cleaning. Um, you know, sound ministry, video ministry, you know, hospitality, all of those things. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, we had a lady step forward and say, hey, I'd like to get the children's church going again. So that's uh, been going now about eight or nine months, and it's been going very, very well. And so, we, yeah, we rely on, you know, no, no church is about the pastor. It's about the people. And um, I can I can and you can preach great messages every Sunday, but we rely on the people to be here to to hear and to serve and to greet one another and to be a family. We talk a lot about community and how important that is. Uh, it's great to watch sermons online and and there are many people that for health reasons or other reasons can't attend. So it's a great thing to offer. But. It's also very important to have community and be together to see each other face to face, pray for one another, encourage one another. And so that's how I rely on people. Yeah, it's interesting. So one of the main things I try to emphasize in, in my work is that 
that is that Ephesians 4, that the church is the body of Christ, and when everyone's doing their part, they're building one another up in love. And that's hard to do when when it's one way on a, on a screen, right? Sure, and uh, sure. and it's hard to do if the, it's just the pastors doing it. Um, so I just want something you said uh, kind of begs for me a follow up question. So yeah. when when that gal came and said, "Hey, I'd like to get children's ministry started again," uh, tell me kind of some of the the, the feelings that came up in, in your mind and and your heart when she approached you about that. Well, that, that it's very exciting for me when somebody on their own decides that they are going to uh, uh, has has a heart for some form of the ministry. Um, I think one of the things I learned from the past is uh, no nobody wants to disappoint their pastor, right? And so if the pastor goes and asks somebody to do something, even though they may not feel called or compelled to do that, they don't want to disappoint the pastor, so they'll start doing it. And I think what I've seen over the years is if the pastor goes and asks somebody, they take take the ministry for a while until they get burnt out or until it, they really realize this isn't what I want to be doing. And then there's transition and turnover, and those things always cause some turmoil, right? And so I've all I've in this role now, I've tried to learn from that and take a step back. And yeah, at least with the leadership say, hey, you know, it would really be nice to get children's ministry going again. We all need to be praying for someone that has that call on their life, right? And so, and what a blessing when somebody walks up and says, you know, I've been praying about how God would use me. And I really feel like I would like to get the children's ministry going. And then you go, all right, praise the Lord. This is God doing the work and not me asking somebody because I guarantee you I would ask the wrong person and they would do it for 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 me rather than for the Lord. And and in this way it works out much better. So you weren't going to ask your wife to do that is what you're saying. No, no. <laughs> you know, one thing that you mentioned that in in my research is that 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 stems from what what that interaction does is it builds your your personal satisfaction because there's there's encouragement and optimism. There's optimism for the future of the church when you have somebody responding and they're engaging in the process of the church. And you know, it's important for us to recognize that uh well, first of all, you have a couple of things there. God answers prayer. Sure. Uh, and sure. and you have the confidence that that person who stepped up um, is responding to the Lord and not to a plea from man. Right. Uh, and that 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 is much more sustainable. I think you and I have both learned that that uh, you know you know I I think you look at it this way from what you're saying. If no one steps up, it doesn't get done. It's okay. Exactly. And and for. Uh, I mean, we could have started a year sooner, but there wasn't anybody willing to take that role and that step. And uh, and so you just have to say, okay, God, when it's your time, these things will happen. Another really quick story is, as I as as you can see, I'm not a super young guy, right? Like you, um, oh, but um, you know, I I uh, I'm always looking for. Um, secession planning because i've seen many many churches not do a good job of that uh, you know the pastor gets old or the pastor gets sick uh, and can't fulfill his role anymore and there's no one to take the spot i heard i heard recently that there are five thousand churches in america right now looking for pastors 
because of these sorts of things. And so um, even even though I'm not ready to depart yet, I was already praying, Lord, who will be the next person to come in and step in and take my place? And um, there were a couple of times when someone would show up and I'd go, okay, this is the next, you know, this is the next person, uh, but I wouldn't say anything. And, and you know, just kind, kind of like uh, when Samuel went to to anoint David as king, he kept saying, oh yeah, this this son, he's the one. Nope, that's not the one, this one. And in, in, in all those cases, uh, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. And about a year and a half ago, a young man uh, came to me and, uh, and uh, we kind of connected with, he does a karate ministry and it's Christian based and they do discipleship through all that. And uh, we ended up loaning them, you know, a portion of our gym. But as we spent a lot of time together, he had been a chaplain in the military uh, he'd been uh, through some Bible college and he came to me one day and he says, you know, I really feel a call on from God that one day I'll be a pastor. And would you mentor me? Hmm. And I said, absolutely. And so the, for the last year um, and and he, he came on basically on staff, if you will, um, a, a year ago. And we're a small church. As I said, we don't need an assistant pastor, but but we do. Because there will come a time when I can't do the role or God calls me to do something else. And now we have uh, someone who can fill in and take take the place. And and I think uh, and that's been a real blessing for me because, again, I would pick the wrong person. And yet God says, no, I have someone I want to bring to you and you're going to help him and he's going to help you. And he's been a tremendous help for me and and, and what we've been doing is uh at least once a month he takes the pulpit and and, and occasionally it's you know if, if when we were teaching through acts he would do two sundays in a row and then i would do three and then he would do one and 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 what it does is gives me a little bit of a break uh to also sit and listen and be fed and it's been a, been a really blessing for me so there again another example of if we let God do the choosing, it's a whole lot better than when we do it. <laughs> yeah, so there you heard it. Uh, Steve Kearns, Modern Day Samuel. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to give you that. But <laughs> but what's interesting, you, you know, uh, last week's episode was with Ken, Pastor Ken Saul, and, and he mentioned being mentored by a guy from Albuquerque. And, and it's really something that I think is not only a biblical model, but it's also really important for us as pastors to be willing to share our, our time and our pulpits with 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 those who um, have a call on their lives. Uh, the initiative that our district has done is uh, a leadership initiative, and one of the studies is that as it's called I see in you. And so the whole idea is: Are we looking for people who have been, you know? involved and might show some desire and and maybe they just need to have some some conversations to to see what god's doing in their life and then we can mentor them because mentoring is so important and i really think it's 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 important that we do that um and so i'll plead to the pastors again that uh, as i did last week find somebody um and share time let it get messy a little bit um and laugh at them well that's what i do anyway that's how i mentor i laugh at well, people. and i would say too to all those pastors that you're just speaking to and to all those is that you know the bible teaches us that iron sharpens iron right and so uh where he uh 
Pastor Spencer wanted me to, to, to mentor him, I'm also being mentored by him because there's things that he does that challenge me and vice versa. And so, you know, I, I feel like I've become better in what I do because of that role. Yeah, and you know, as as being in ministry and then also being around other ministries and ministry leaders, that that when the pastor feels the pressure to to bear the whole burden of the ministry, um, it, it's not good, right? It's, I, there's no other way to say it. Um, I always look at at you know Jethro with Moses and saying, "What you're doing is not good." And so I think it's important for us to remember that it's not our burden to bear completely. God has given us uh, we're we're a sheep among other sheep, and God's we want to do our role well, but we also need other people to do their role. And one thing you mentioned was how many churches need uh, pastors. And just in my uh, denomination, we have 571 vacancies currently. And we only graduated 61 or placed 61 that, um, uh, from this last graduating class from two seminaries. And so there is a problem. Um, and there so is. it's one of those things that uh, is difficult because I think pastors can get overwhelmed. Uh, uh, you, I love how you talk about secession because the reality is, is that a lot of pastors don't feel they can leave because they, they can't retire. They can't, and, and they're, and they are truly tired, but there's no one to take their place. And because they love people and they love the people that God's entrusted to them, um, they stay. And really it's, it's not, um, uh, I see it as not the best for the church because, uh, you know, you don't get the best of that person. And I feel for a lot of those, a lot of those pastors who are feeling that they're stuck in, uh, in that place. Um, so tell and, me about a time when uh, you can pick any time in the ministry when you felt built up in the ministry. I, I think what builds me up in the ministry on a general basis is when I see people uh, taking hold of the teaching and growing by, you know, what God has called us to do. Uh, and seeing growth in, in them or when the light comes on and they, you know, for lack of a better word, they get it all of a sudden, you know, and, um, you know, that, that, that really excites me. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's times, you know, with in ministry, as you know, you, you get discouraged, right? And, and you think, you know, it, is anybody, is anybody getting this? Is anybody, hearing uh you know this was so exciting it was such a great message for me did anybody else think that and then somebody comes up to you and says man you know what you said three months ago changed my life and it's and and and, and from that point on uh everything now makes sense and yeah they don't you know none of us have it completely got it all but on the on the path of growth uh, th those are the things that excite me, mm -hmm. and those are the things that really encourage me because, you know, I really want to to disciple, and, and that's what our, our our mission statement is all about: is discipling other people so they can disciple others as well. And it's a, it's a biblical mandate, right? And so right. when I when I see that happening, um, and I see their growth and their joy. Uh, and the changes that are going on in their hearts and in their lives, uh, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. 
So uh, thinking about that, you know, it's it's important for us to know, and, and I always encourage church members uh, that it doesn't take a lot to encourage your pastor, but being specific in the feedback. Uh, you mentioned, you know, when that person tells me something I said three months ago, not necessarily that message that day, although that does happen sometimes. Sure. Um, but I think that the, the reality is, is that a lot of times uh, church members don't think that they need to give the pastor that kind of positive feedback. And so if you're a church member, I, I would encourage you, uh, think about those what the pastor has said, how God has used the pastor, what God has said maybe through the pastor that impacted your life. And, and maybe, you know, I had one gal who invited a, a, a gal to church from her gym, and that gal has been plugged in for like, I guess, three years now. And uh, she goes, well, you know, the pastor kept saying, invite people, all they can do is say no. So... <laughs> and it's like, even in that, I'm like, oh, you know, they're listening. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I think is important um, that that people really understand. Again, as a, as a family, you you know, you have you have kids and and you have your wife, and and if we didn't give feedback, we wouldn't really know what where we stand. And so, I think uh, church members need to understand it's okay to tell your pastor, I really like what you said, and and it's okay for pastors to go, what was it that you liked? Right. right. What, what specifically was it? Um, because that helps you be a better pastor, too. And that helps them go. Maybe I need to listen a little better. That's a, if you call them out. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, I, I'm not asking for somebody to come and say, hey, that was a good message this right. morning. It's like, I, how did how did something trigger something in you to follow Christ more, mm -hmm. to be more sincere in your faith, to to grow more in your life? Uh those are the things that, that are really exciting to see, to see God's word change people's lives. Yeah. It was Alistair Begg. I have a terrible Scottish accent, but he was talking about how a lady came up to him after service and told him he, that she really liked the message. And he said, I don't give a rat's tail whether you like it. Did it move you? <laughs> you know? exactly. And so, you know, because we get that. Thank you. That was good. That was good. Great. Okay. What, what was good about it? You know, uh, just made you feel good. Okay, great. I don't, that's not really, that's not really what I'm concerned about here. I want to see transformation. And I, I try to remind my church all the time, and I'm sure you do in, in so, certain ways, is what we do on Sunday mornings and at Bible study when I, is, is, is not, uh, it's not transactional, it's trans transformational. And we need to remember that that's our expectation. Um, and so what do you find right now in your current ministry to be uh, the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge for me is time. Um, I'm still working. Uh, it's supposed to be less than a full-time job, but it's not. Um, I have an elderly mom that is requiring a great deal of attention and care uh, on a daily basis. Uh, and then, of course, family and then the ministry. Now, those are all uh, all level playing fields, right? You can't, uh, you know, the, the, the ministry is important, but your family is important. You know, my mother is important. Uh, and so you know, providing for my family. So work is important. And so really it's balancing all that and, and the time. I find myself uh, too much, I think, saying, okay, what's next, right? And so I taught last night, Wednesday night, and said, okay, that's, that's okay, what's next, mm -hmm. right? And so, so on the, from the spiritual perspective, what's next is being ready for Sunday morning, right? Which, 
you're, you're you know i'm already have been working on for you know some time because we're in the advent season and so we kind of have uh, have set some specific uh messages for these six weeks up until christmas right and so uh but just that that constant okay what's next you know so uh and and i, I would just love to have not as much uh busyness and pressure uh, from other things that get in the way of, of ministry right and so um and and as you know, in ministry, a lot of times, uh, because, you know, we may have to work. I mean, and I know there's a lot of pastors out there that, that are, are uh, bivocational, right? The church is not big enough to support them. Uh, and so they're having to work and, uh, and, and they're having to, uh, take care of the church. And, and often the family gets the second place. And I, I've been guilty of that in the past, you know, of, of, you know, ministry came first and family became second, and that can cause some problems. And so keeping that balance is probably the biggest challenge. Time and balance, I would say. You put those on the scale, you've got to balance those out to where time and balance uh, work out because we can sure get out of balance in a hurry. Well, I'm going to send the link of this interview to every one of your church members so they can hear that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because, I mean, the reality is, is when we talk about how can you rely on church members, sometimes, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but um, as a general rule, pastors don't share their needs very well. Right. Um, we don't want to bother the congregation. You know, they're working too. They have families too. They have the stresses of life. Um, and often there's this disconnect from the church member to the pastor. Um, and, and I would say a lot of times church members don't even realize that the pastors are as human as they are and struggle with the same. I mean, we've all, we've all had to, uh, deal with the effects of inflation. Uh, our, our, my, I mean, my check didn't go up radically because of inflation. I'm sure yours didn't. Neither did our church members. And so we all suffer from that. But sometimes there's this um, disconnect that the pastors don't suffer like the rest of us do. And yeah. so it's really important for church members to realize that, as my old football coach used to say um, about the opposing team, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you. And so pastors, you know, do that too. They put their pants on one leg at a time. Uh, and, uh, have you seen that video? There's a, the firefighters are trying to hold the pants and the guy's jumping off the balcony to try to, <laughs> yes, to, try to dispel that. Um, I don't think it went well, but I'm not sure. I it just has the, the meme from that. Um, so how has someone in the last two weeks from your church made you smile? Um, again, you know, coming up with, with, uh, you know, a way that they can serve on their own. Um, again, we're a small church. We're in a fairly decent area, really haven't had any problems, but, you know, with all the things that are going on in the world, one of the, one of the men who, who had also has been one that has grown tremendously in the last couple of years, uh, just his countenance has changed so much has changed about him. Um, and, uh, he just came up and he says, Hey, I, I'd like to. You know, I'd like to, you know, just be security here. He says, you know, can I, do you mind if I, you know, stand in the back and, you know, a couple times during service, walk around the parking lot. And, and uh, I just, you know, I think this is an area where I can serve. And I mean, that 
that just made me smile, right? Uh, and that's something I hadn't even really given any considerations. Now we, you know, we got, you know, we got 20 cars in the parking lot. We don't need security, but yes, we do, right? We're, we live in perilous times. And so uh, we're to be wise and, and prudent. And so, I mean, that just, just brought me a lot of joy, you know, so. Yeah, again, that piece where um, somebody is coming up as a response to what the Holy Spirit's doing in their life. Right. And as a result of uh, your work that you've been, you know, been faithful to teach and to preach to them and to instruct them. And then, you know, we do our job and, and we we trust the Holy Spirit to do his job. You know, a lot of the times the challenge we have is that we think we need to be Holy Spirit and uh, we want to make fashion people in a way that they're not that God's not wanting to fashion them into and so it's fun to watch when we can really just be hands off do our job but know that the Holy Spirit's the one that's doing the work and we don't have to do it um and and it might look different than our experience and, and praise the Lord it does look different than our experience and and to see how God uses uh circumstances and unique situations to still form in people the very image of Christ and so um, that's exciting to see uh, last question for you as you wrap this up Steve what is your desire for the people at your church well you mentioned it earlier and and uh, my desire for you know, all people in the church as a whole, uh, we, we host here once a month a uh, men's breakfast. And it started out three years ago, God put on my heart to, you know, to really equip men. And it was just the men of our church. And one, one man in our church invited somebody from, not from our church. And, and long story short, as people would just invite friends or whatever, uh, we, we are now seeing anywhere from, you know, we've seen this as high as, you know, 45 guys showing up the first Saturday of the month to have breakfast, worship the Lord. And we do an interactive uh, Bible study. And um, so they all get to participate in that. And and we've had as many as nine different churches from the community represented. And so, you know, my heart, I you know, there's two things is, is one is. The body of Christ needs to act like the body of Christ. And we're not individual churches that no, well, you don't talk to them. And we don't, you know, we, uh, you know, from our past, we know, you know, major on the majors and minor on the minors. Right. And so, uh, and, and so just seeing, seeing the body of Christ come together, uh, you know, not trying to steal one another's people or any of those kinds of things, but to all just be one growing in the Lord is, is uh, one of my visions and that and it's always been my purpose as you mentioned earlier you mentioned uh, ephesians 4 11 you know that uh, paul writes he says that that christ gave some apostles and some prophets and evangelists and some pastors and teachers what for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god and so you know, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that's, you know, bringing people into unity, growing people for the work of the ministry, uh, growing them uh, when they're excited and they tell people and they those people, like you mentioned, this person in the gym, you know, it's like, well, I can invite people and the least they can do is say no, right? And so being excited about what God is doing in your life and inviting other people, uh, that that is... 
uh, you know, such a blessing. But you know, I, I really, you know, my role and what I what I really want to do for people is to equip them in the things of the Lord. So they're excited about the Lord and what he's done in their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. I mean, I think it's important that that is kind of, you know, it's funny you say, keep the main thing, the main thing and our major on the major. We have to agree on the majors too, but that's a different topic, but another time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm blessed. I'm blessed that here because I have a, on Thursdays, we, we have pastor's prayer and we usually have a good solid eight to nine uh, gentlemen who get together from different churches. And we pray for our churches and we pray for the people in our church. We pray for our community. And it's so refreshing because I think Jesus in John chapter 17 had a prayer that may be uh, included that we might be one. Uh, right. and, and we should not be surprised when the enemy tries to make us completely disjointed and divided, when uh, a great witness to the world is Christians actually getting along and loving the Lord together and doing things that draw people's attention. What did Jesus say? When they see your good works, um, they will glorify God in heaven. When they see your love for one another, they'll know you're Christians. And I love it when it extends beyond uh, church territorial boundaries. And one of the things that, that I intentionally am doing with this podcast and with my work is not keeping it within my denomination, but, sure. but seeing the commonalities, especially as pastors, um, and the dynamics between pastor and church members that we actually all share. Because um, I'll tell you this, I haven't found any outlier, weird, strange thing. It's all what we what we know. And we are not difficult people as pastors, um, uh, contrary to what people think. We're pretty simple. Uh, and so thank your pastor. Be specific about your thanks. And pastors, uh, rely on people, right? That's a good thing to do. Yeah. So, well, Steve, thanks so much. I appreciate your friendship. Uh, I love you. I love what you're doing there in Las Lunas and uh, pray that things go well with your mom and with your family and that you would find that that balance, that you'd find refreshment. And though it would be what's next, it would be delighting in what was next and feeling like you had the time to do that. So um, if, if you find this beneficial, uh, please check uh, out Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute online at ppmhi.org. Uh, also, uh, there'll be a link to Pastor Steve's church in the comments of this, so you can check him out. If you're looking for some good teaching, uh, um, just some supplement, uh, check it out. Or if you're in his area and you don't have a home church, I would encourage you to go there. So together, we can help the church flourish. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, so much. Appreciate it.